What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Awakened Catholic Show live stream special edition, uh, end of the year updates, and also, gosh darn, happy Advent to you. Um, and since I probably won't do another show before Christmas, Merry Christmas. Uh, Pete FC, Merry Christmas to you all. Thank you, Pete. Um, so yeah, guys, chime in in the comments. This is going to be a fun episode. I have a few things I want to cover with you, and it's going to be uh, really great. Um, so without further ado, let's dive into it. Welcome back to the Awakened Catholic Show. I am your host, Nick Delatore. This is not your grandmother's Catholic talk show. This is a special edition. Obviously, I am not in the Awakened Catholic studio. I'm in my office. I don't have uh, any of my producing team with me today. Um, some of our team members had a funeral and some... It's just here I am in my office. I'm running the show in real time while we do this. Please jump into the comments. Join me there. Um, Kevin, dang, looking good. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. It's not easy to to look this good. You know, it's a lot of work. And so I appreciate that it is appreciated by you. Um, so anyways, uh, without further ado, here is the show. Um, today, this episode is sponsored by Select International Tours, uh, which I'm going to talk a little bit about throughout the episode as well. Uh, Select International Tours is just a fantastic organization. Um, you know, basically the number one premier Catholic pilgrimage company. Uh, you got people like Father Leo Cataling hug. Uh, you got people like Jeff Cavins, you know, uh, Christopher West, all kinds of, you know, basically the, the biggest names in Catholic ministry and speaking and, you know, book authorship. Uh, and then you got little, little old me, an awakened Catholic. Um, and, uh, you know, we're doing pilgrimages with them as well. And so um, Select International Tours, thank you for sponsoring this episode. And also they are just incredible people. Like they're a great company to work with and they are just fantastic people. Truly, truly, truly. Uh, and so anyways, oh, and Kevin in the comments says Select is literally saving the world. That is not untrue, Kevin. Uh, and I will touch on that in a moment. Um, actually, I want to make sure I don't forget to touch on that. So I'm going to make a quick little note epoo here. Select. Okay. So, yeah, guys, you are seeing how the hot dog is made here. Uh, in fact, this is not generally how the hot dog is made because normally I have a team pushing buttons and doing stuff. And uh, today I'm all in my little lonesome from my office. So uh, thank you for your patience. This is going to be fun, though. Okay. So if you don't know, I just came back from a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. It was Awakened Catholic's first pilgrimage. And yeah, we did it with Select International Tours. They're a great company. Um, and, you know, as far as the ways in which Awakened Catholic's first pilgrimage could have gone, this was like ideal. The Select made it absolutely an amazing experience. Um, and we went to the Holy Land. We went to the places where Jesus walked and hung out and camped out and preached. Um, there were so many amazing moments on this trip. Uh, and actually, I'm going to try to, um, I'm going to see if I can pull up in real time here a couple of standout moments. So this this is just kind of a, a teaser, my little uh, discussion here on the Holy Land, because in January, we're going to have two whole episodes about this Holy Land trip, because um Parts one and two. So part one, it's going to have Father Eric Schild, who was our spiritual leader for the pilgrimage. He was our um, he was our priest for the trip, and he was absolutely fantastic. Um, and and then part two is going to be a, a few of the pilgrims that were on the trip as well. And basically, across those two episodes, we're going to just be getting uh, their reactions, their experiences, their stories. Um, and it's going to be really, really beautiful. So this is, I'm just giving you a little teaser, some of my initial, you know, highlights uh, from the trip. And I'm trying to pull up uh, some pictures and videos of a couple of examples that I can show you. Um, but yeah, all in all, it was honestly life-changing. Like I, I had high expectations going into the trip. I'm not going to lie. Um, it was... I had a lot of expectations. I mean, the Holy Land had been something that I had been dreaming 
of getting to visit for a long time. And I knew it would be powerful. But my high expectations for the trip were just blown out of the water. I knew it was going to be great. I did not know how insanely amazing it was going to be. And it truly was that. It was insanely amazing. Um, so a couple of highlights for me, um, and I actually made a video about this. So for one thing, we went to Caesarea Philippi, which is a place where they have this uh, temple, or well, the, the ruins of a temple uh, to the pagan god, Pan, uh, as well as uh, some other pagan gods, but Pan was kind of like the highlight for the temple. It was it was his temple, um, and the the temple of Pan is. Uh, I'm trying to pull up a picture here while I talk about it. The temple of Pan was also um, the site where they had this cave uh, called the Cave of Hell, and this is where Jesus went um, when we read in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 16. Uh, this is where Jesus went to institute the papacy. This is where um, he asked his apostles, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, um, you are God, to paraphrase it. And <laughs> um, basically, Jesus was like, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. I'm totally doing this from memory here. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, um, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And... Um, Basically, he said, uh, he, he, this is the moment in which he renamed Peter, uh, he renamed Simon to Peter, which uh, translates to rock. Uh, he says, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And they were literally standing in the temple of Pan, or, or near it, um, when he said, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So you can imagine that the gates to the temple were considered the gates of hell, and they have the cave of hell right there. And it was because for me, when I was away from faith and specifically away from Catholicism, um, what I was searching for was truth. I was searching for something solid, something... Yeah, and, and the papacy, when I came to understand better what the papacy was what it represented for the over 2000 years of unchanging teachings in the Catholic church, which, which to me was indicative of a God who was outside of space and time, a God who was real. And I was struggling to see that without that type of objective truth and without that type of institutional uh, connection, uh, you know, divinely instituted um, authority. And man, as soon as my my mind and heart were opened up to the papacy, everything changed. So I, for a long time, was so excited to visit Caesarea Philippi because that was such a game changer for me. And lo and behold, when I went there, it was just as amazing as I thought it would be. And I actually recorded um, a pretty cool video there that we'll be releasing uh, in the near future on Awakened Catholics like YouTube and Facebook and stuff. Um, gosh, I took way too many pictures and videos when I was there, but it's going to pay off because we're going to have a great like recap video. Um, and, uh, I think I'm almost there. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to do a little screen share here. Um, this is, uh, if you're, if you're just listening to this episode, like after the fact and you're not watching it, um, I highly encourage you to, uh, look up the video version of this episode because I'm going to show some stuff here that is just really cool. Um, so let me, uh, do a little screen sherry poo. How do I mute this? Okay. All right. Check this out. This is the temple of Pan. This is the ruins of the temple of Pan. Uh, and that big cave right there, that is the cave of hell. And then all of these alcoves that are around, uh, that is where like the various statues, whether it was of Pan or some of the other pagan gods, that is where they would have been. Super, super amazing. And just to consider, this is where Jesus went uh, when we read the Gospel of Matthew chapter 16. Absolutely wild. So, yeah. Um, let me see if I can find uh, 
some other examples here. Um, oh, so this is actually, this here is what the temple would have looked like before it was in ruins. So that image there, pretty cool. Pretty, pretty, I mean, obviously awful because it was pagan and they would offer sacrifices and stuff. Um, and you can see that right there on the left, uh, in front of what is the cave of hell, there was that like temple entrance that was, you know, connected to the, the cave of hell. Absolutely wild. Um, if you're just tuning, tuning into the live stream, uh, we are at the moment talking about my trip to the Holy Land. Um, and, uh, you know, it was so fitting that I wanted to talk about this today because today's episode is sponsored by Select International Tours, who we partnered with to go on this trip. Uh, and guys, I got to tell you, we are going to do a lot more, more pilgrimages. This was life-changing for everyone that went on this trip. This was life-changing for me. It was life-changing for Father Eric Schild, who was our uh, priest for the trip. It was so amazing. Just to be out, uh, like for the first several nights, we stayed on the Sea of Galilee. And I'm going to show you a little clip here of of what that looked like. So we, this is us actually on a boat on the Sea of Galilee. And you got to consider a lot of amazing things happened on the Sea of Galilee. This is where um, so many, gosh, this is where, you know, Jesus would have found his apostles uh, and invited them to follow him. This is where uh, they were struggling to catch any fish and they were struggling all night. And then Jesus is like, yo, cast your net on the other side of the boat. And they were like, what the crap is wrong with you? That's not how this works. And then they did it. And then they literally struggled to like, even they had so many fish and it was such a heavy net that they struggled to get it onto the boat. And the boat was like overflowing with fish. You know, Jesus walked on the water. Like there's so many things um, that, that all took place here. Jesus calmed the storm. Like so many things. And the Sea of Galilee, guys, has become my favorite location on the planet. Like I, I now have such an emotional attachment to the Sea of Galilee. Um, I can't even begin to explain to you how powerful it was. The very first night we were there, I walked up to Father Eric and I was like, dude, I didn't say dude. I said father. <laughs> I was respectful. I said, father, um, would you be willing to hear my confession? And we went down to the shore and I laid down my burdens. I confessed my sins on the Sea of Galilee. Um, it, was, it was so powerful, so beautiful. Uh, I'm seeing here in the comments on the Awaken app. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys knew this. You can actually watch our, our live streams now in the Awaken Catholic app, in the Awaken app. And if you don't know about the Awaken app, visit theawakenapp.io. Um, and, uh, or you just look for Awaken Catholic in the app store or the Google play store. But yeah, uh, when we do these kind of live streams and stuff, I'll always give preferential treatment to anyone that's making comments in the Awaken app. So someone here says, uh, this user is P S S C T says beautiful videos. Thank you so much. Yeah. This is just the tip of the iceberg. I promise you, I got so much stuff here. Um, in fact, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do a little, oh, here, this is cute. We were at the, uh, um, we were at the the Mount of the Beatitudes, and we had mass there. And when I was preparing, because we recorded all video of all the homilies, when I was preparing uh, my camera and tripod for that, this cat, because there were so many stray cats all over the place there, this cat decided to snuggle up on my uh, camera bag. And uh, this is a cute little video of that. Just there you go. Hello, cat. <laughs> Anyways, I have far more meaningful videos than that, I promise. Um, I just thought that was adorable as I was scanning through here. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, gosh, we went to the Church of the Transfiguration. Um, and if you don't know that, like that's when Jesus went climbed a mountain, Mount Tabor, uh, with a few of his apostles and he was transfigured before them. His divinity was revealed, right? And Elijah and uh, Moses appeared next to him. Um, we went to Cana, where the first public miracle happened. Um, and we had a beautiful uh, institution, uh, or sorry, not institution. We had a beautiful um, recommitment of vows uh, for any of the married couples that were there. Um, I'll pull up a little picture of that happening here. Very, very beautiful moment. Uh, it was so meaningful to everyone. There were 
not very many dry eyes when this was happening. Uh, so here's a, a little photo of that. So this is in the church at Cana. And then after this happened, we actually went into um, the lower level, like the cave underneath the church, where they actually have uh, one of the jars themselves where the water was turned to wine. Uh, I'll pull up a picture of that here. Um, I went too far. Um, wow, I went way too far. So sorry. Yeah, so something that really surprised me about these jars was that they don't look like a jar, right? So, or it didn't look like a jar. So there's only, um, here, here's a picture of this. So this is uh, one of the jars. And you might think to yourself, that, that looks nothing like a jar, Nick. Um, you're not wrong. So, so it turns out, and this actually made the story make way more sense to me. It turns out that um, what was actually going on here is that the, the jar that is referenced in the gospel story was uh, like a washing basin, which is what you're looking at here. So that's where people would like wash their hands or whatever. And then um, the other jars in question that like were used to serve, because you can't serve a party out of these massive monolithic jars. Um, so that would have looked more like these right here. Um, so what they would have done is dip that into the bigger thing. But you can imagine like for the bigger jars, suddenly this makes way more sense because I never really understood how it was. I never understood how it was that uh, six more conventionally sized jars would have been such a knockout for this party, this wedding feast, um, and like made everyone go nuts, right? And in, in a cool way. Well, it's because they were six of these. That's a lot of wine. And that makes a lot more sense to me. Uh, and so just absolutely cool. That, like this is just one of many examples where like um, seeing the, the context, both geographically and, and with some of the artifacts involved with the different stories, like the, the, the broader context of, of what was really happening in these gospel stories was so huge for me. Um, so yeah, there are so many things like that, guys, that were just absolutely amazing. Um, I took some really cool pictures uh, of the Sea of Galilee. Um, this is where uh, one instance of the multiplication of loaves and fish took place because uh, it happened twice, as you might remember. So this is one of them. And if you get real close to uh, this image, which I don't think I have a good way to zoom into this right now, um, or do I? No, it's not going to zoom for you. Um, but basically, uh, the stone underneath that altar has uh, four loaves and then the, the fish. And then there's the, the final fifth loaf is on the altar where, you know, the consecration happens during Mass. So just really cool symbolism. Um, yeah. Guys, this was such a life-changing experience. Um this is a, a well where Mary would gotten water on a day-to-day -day basis. I took this photo here when, from our bus because we just drove by it. But, but this is where Mary got water for her family on a daily basis. Pretty amazing. Um, just to like see this stuff come to life was unreal. Uh, and... There's so much I want to show you, and we have, like I said, this is just kind of a teaser for a two-part series we're going to do in January, uh, interviewing Father Eric Schild and interviewing some of the other pilgrims um, who were on the trip with us. And like I said, nobody went on this trip and came back unchanged. Like, it was truly, truly epic, and I felt such a conviction coming back from this that we need to make this a very... Uh, constant part of our ministry at Awaken Catholic. This can't just be a one-off thing. So if if you are interested in doing a Holy Land pilgrimage, or, or we're going to go to other places as well, um, then stay tuned because we, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up uh, related to that. We have uh, Colleen in the Awaken app chat saying, this is so cool, really makes scripture tangible. Yes, absolutely. So 
you know, I had a feeling that this is the kind of experience we would have. And so I, I wanted to name our pilgrimage after that idea. Um, and so I named our pilgrimage transformed by the gospel, because it's one thing to read the gospel. It's one thing to know the stories. It's one thing to read about Jesus and to be in a relationship with him and to, um, you know, the, the whole deal, what we all experience, right? Or, or strive to. It's a whole nother thing to be in the gospel stories, to be in those locations. Um, and so I can't thank enough Select International Tours, who also sponsored this episode, uh, for partnering with us, um, both in this pilgrimage and then with all the cool plans that we have coming, guys. I can't even begin to explain how awesome it's going to be. Uh, we also, uh, another cool thing was my birthday fell uh, during our trip. And uh, for the first time since our wedding, I had to spend my birthday away from Alina and away from our kids. And it was kind of a downer. Um, and so a couple of cool things happened. One, uh, I was feeling kind of down about that the night uh, before my birthday, right around midnight. Um, you know, I'd gotten out of the shower and I was in my hotel room alone. And I was just like, oh, I'm 34 now. And I'm alone. This is cool. <laughs> um, I was pretty down. And this was like halfway through our trip. And it was then that God revealed to me really beautiful drawings and a nice note from Alina, uh, drawings from our kids, a nice note from Alina and a photograph um, that had been in my luggage throughout the whole trip, but I hadn't seen it. God had like kept me from finding that until that moment when I was feeling down before my birthday. So that's cool thing number one is like, I just felt so much love and, and so much consolation. Like God was like hooking me up and Alina and the kids loved me and it was beautiful. I, I felt a lot less alone in that moment. Um, but then the other really cool thing that happened for my birthday is that on my birthday, we visited Bethlehem and visited where Jesus was born. And so I'm going to show you now... Siri, Siri, I'm not trying to talk to you, girl. Um, so I'm going to show you now an image uh, we, when we were at the birthplace of Christ. And we almost, it, what's cool is like this was not planned, this was not intentional, but we essentially kind of created our own little nativity scene here. So check this out. So this is us revering and praying at the nativity. So that area there that looks a little bit like a fireplace, that is where Jesus was born. That is where it happened. And getting to visit this on my birthday was so powerful. Um, and I'll show you now too where the manger was laid, uh, or where, where he was laid in the manger. So this is actually me reverencing the the manger scene this is where he was laid um none of this looks the way that it would have looked then uh but but it's where it happened so so powerful so amazing um and it was it was like i was excited to see this but i didn't know that it would become emotional like all of us had such a deep and profound experience there um, and then what was cool is our guide, his name is Maher, um, he took us to another cave that much more closely looked and felt the way that uh, the stable would have looked and felt to Joseph and Mary and Jesus uh, the night of his birth. So this is, this is what that would have looked like. Now, this has a finished mosaic floor. This has a brick wall, a stone wall off to the right there and a doorway. But the reality is that the actual stable that we all know and love from all the stories and whatever was actually a kind of dingy cave like this. And it didn't have a stone or brick wall that closed it in. It didn't have a nice mosaic floor. It didn't have artificial lighting. So you can imagine this cave without the artificial lighting, without the door, without the wall, without the mosaic floor, um, stinky, wet, uh, dirty, no indoor plumbing, Alina just said in the background. Um, this is the situation that Jesus was born into. Like, the stories that we have about the stable and the manger, it's all so nice, but it's like, it was a lot more humbling than that. Um, 
so the 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 story of the incarnation like god becoming man and um and the, his humbling himself uh to become a baby it it goes even further when you when you imagine uh what this was actually like um so powerful so beautiful we visited the tomb of lazarus we visited so many things guys it was incredible it was the wildest 11 days that i think i've ever had in my life um and then also everybody treated me surprised me with a nice little birthday cake um and then when the waiters brought the birthday cake out to me literally instead of like a birthday candle it was a freaking uh what do you call it a firecracker this is a little example of that so when this video starts over you see the firecracker going off look at this oh my gosh <laughs> And they were all singing happy birthday to me and they sang it in Arabic and they sang it in English. It was, it was fantastic. Um, it was, so God just, I was so blessed there. Um, I met the grandson of the man who discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls. That was insane. Um, so this is actually one of the jars that the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in. Check this out. So huge shout out to Shibli if he's watching this, uh, whether now live or recording in the future. Shibli is an incredible guy, and it was his grandfather that discovered um, these jars that had the Dead Sea Scrolls in them. Um, so so cool. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stop going over all this stuff. We have a really cool recap video that is gonna come out um, that'll just be a nice all encompassing thing. It might we might end up having to do it in like two to three parts because of uh how much stuff there was but it was incredible i one of the biggest things for me that was the most life-changing other than like some of the stuff i just showed you was observing the way that the christians there the jews there and even the muslims there the way that they live their lives i was so blown away by i was so moved by it their entire existence is saturated by worship of God. Their lives are their faith. And guys, I love Jesus and I love the Catholic Church and I love the the healing and the power that I have found here. Um but even for me, like I'm I'm the president of a Catholic organization. Even for me, I was so convicted by the beauty of the faith life of the people there and how saturated their lives are by worship of God, I was like, man, I, I got to do better. Like, I want my life to be for God. Like, every inch of my life, every moment of my life, like, what can I do, <laughs> Dad? Uh, my dad's calling me. Uh, what can I do in my life to, to more entirely live for God and to more entirely live saturated in worship of God? Um, that was the biggest takeaway for me because I just know this whole westernized, Americanized vision of success and, and you know the American dream and stuff, like it's all good, but it's not great unless it's all for God. And I just think, yeah, Kevin says, my father in heaven is calling me. No, that, was, that would be my earthly father. Um, I just think that the joy and the love that I encountered in every single individual there um, was so beautiful and convicting. And I have to believe that there are steps that we can take here, in our, even in our westernized culture and all of that, that, that we can more entirely turn our lives over to God. And, and that was a personal conviction of mine that I hope to explore more and to discern more what that can look like for me. Um, and so, yeah, more to come on that as I navigate that in prayer and, and discern that further. Um, and then the other thing that really stood out to me that was really interesting and, and unexpected was, you know, Israel and even Palestine, cause I was in Palestine as well. That's where Bethlehem is. Um, you have a really interesting dynamic where you have all of these different major world religions that have very uh, varying 
uh, worldviews, different different opinions about who God is and what God wants from us and whether or not Jesus is the Messiah. Um, and these are, they can be very dividing lines. And one of the things that I encountered there that really blew me away is how closely they live with one another and in peace, by and large, in harmony with each other. Um, obviously, there are parts of the Middle East that there is not peace and harmony, but I saw so much uh, of that peace and harmony that I did not expect, especially walking through Old Jerusalem. Old Jerusalem is like a, a gated part of Jerusalem that when you walk in there, it's like you're time traveling, you're entering a different era. And inside of Old Jerusalem, you have you have uh, the what they call the Latin quarter, which is for Roman Catholics. You have the Orthodox quarter. You have the Jewish quarter. You have the Muslim quarter. Um, you have all of these different areas that are, in theory, segregated from one another. And it's a very small area. I think it's something like one square uh, kilometer. Uh, it's a very small gated area. Uh, and by gate, I mean it's like a big wall. It's an ancient wall. It's It's pretty beautiful also, but... Um, within that, yes, they sleep segregated from one another, but throughout the day they are crisscrossing, they're walking through, they're they're doing business with each other, um, and there's just this whole vibe there of like, hey, we're all just trying to do this thing. We're all trying to do it to the best of our ability. We're all trying to live life to the best of our ability, um, and and generally there's respect for each other, and I was just so blown away by that in this, you know less like we you know in in this very non-american culture there uh where we are supposed to be this melting pot and whatever here we can barely stand to talk to someone that we disagree with let alone have to put up with their flag that represents something i don't agree with being up in their front yard here that's how it's like there it's like they're hanging out, they're walking with each other, they're doing business with each other. And I just, I want to see more here. And I want to be a part of the solution for more unity here amongst people that don't agree with each other. We're never going to uh, become the people we can be in love and charity. We're never going to become the saints we can be. If like our social identity um is essentially a manifestation of like, in what ways am I different than you? I don't know if that makes sense. I'm, I'm just kind of speaking off the cuff here, speaking from my heart. Um, but that that was another thing that really blew me away there. And then the other thing, the, this is the last thing I'm going to mention about the Holy Land. Um, so Select International Tours, sorry, the sponsor of this episode, once again, um, they have a charitable foundation called Select to Give. Uh, when I was there in Israel, the Christians there are suffering. Everyone there is suffering, but the Christians are particularly marginalized. So why is everyone there suffering? Their entire economy is based on pilgrimage and tourism. And in two years, for many of them, we were the first pilgrims that they had seen, um, Again, their entire economy is based on pilgrimage and tourism, and they have had two years of none of it. They are struggling. They're struggling financially. The Christians there are struggling, especially in Palestine, but in general, being marginalized. Um, because now, apparently, from what I have come to understand, Christians represent less than 1% of the population in the Holy Land. That's insane to me. Like the place where Jesus was and started the church, the population is now less than 1%. And why? They're leaving. They're leaving because they're marginalized. They're leaving because they need uh, more of a financial, uh, more of a financial, uh, sorry, I was reading some of the comments here. That they need, they need it to be a part of an economy that isn't based on something that has been obliterated right? The pilgrimages and tours with COVID. Um, 
and it's only it's it's back to being worse again, right? So like as soon as we arrived, they shut the border down again. We like just slipped in at the last second. They need help. They need a lot of help. And so um Select International Tours, because they care so much about these people, they started this charitable foundation called Select to Give. Uh, I'm gonna pull up um something about that here. But Select to Give is supporting uh, local Christians there in the Holy Land. It's supporting um, an orphanage there in the Holy Land that is specifically for caring for um, children with special needs who were abandoned at the hospital by their parents, which is absolutely insane to me. Um, It's so tragic. And these beautiful, amazing nuns have devoted their lives to scooping up those abandoned special needs kids and taking care of them in their orphanage. So Select to Give also um, is also supporting that orphanage. And uh, as well as an autism clinic. So here we go. So I've made it, uh, I, I felt a very strong conviction when we were there uh, to partner with Select to elevate awareness about Select to Give. They really need as much help as they can get. There's a lot of need there, and they are doing such good work. Um, we got the opportunity to spend an evening, uh, our group spent an evening at various houses having dinner, hosted by the local Christians there. And it was incredibly moving um, because they have nothing, yet they were so giving and loving. Um, The moment that they learned, the family that I was spending time with, the moment they learned it was my birthday, because it was also the day of my birthday, um, the, the mother started freaking out and scrambling. She was like, why didn't anyone tell me it was your birthday? And she starts scrambling, looking for you know, a candle that she could put in the cookie that she had given me. Um, and then they sang happy birthday to me in Arabic and in English. And it was so beautiful and touching. But like these people just love everyone. They're just this beautiful wealth of love. Um, and I want to be more like that. But but this is who Select to Give supports, is, is people like that. Not to mention the orphanage or whatever. So I want to encourage you, visit selecttogive.org. Um, and we have uh, more coming down the road of ways in which we're going to partner with Select International Tours um, to to build up, to continue to build up Select to Give and the awareness for it and fundraise for it. You know, one of our pilgrims was so moved by by what we saw when we visited the orphanage and and what we learned about the way that the Christians there are living. One of our pilgrims was so moved by it that he made a donation uh, right on the spot to select to give and, and a, a pretty sizable one. Um, so it, they're doing amazing things and, and they need our help. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about, uh, and we only have a few more minutes together here, is a new show at Awaken Catholic. It's called The Prodigal Life. Check this out. So Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, myself, and Ellen Holmes, Steve's LeBlanc, um, we are hosting The Prodigal Life. It's a brand new show. We have one episode out. And actually, no, the second episode just came out today. We need to make sure the website gets updated with that. Um, and it has its own patron community with a lot of really cool perks. And, and I think some of the uh, levels of patronage even include a free pilgrimage with uh, Deacon Harold, which is super cool. But um, the other thing I want to do here is actually show you the trailer for this show. Um, so, um, what is the page for that? I'm so sorry. Let me, uh, I should have had this queued up. I apologize. Um, but yeah, this is a really, really cool show. And basically, uh, we are, if you don't know who Deacon Harold is, you need to fix that real quick because Deacon Harold is an incredible evangelist and apologist and um, just a great preacher. He's, you know, he speaks at 
conferences all over the world. He's written a ton of books. Um, just a really, really cool dude. And uh, super excited that he is now hosting a show at Awaken Catholic with us. Okay, here we go. TPL. All right, so here is the, uh, the trailer for this new show. I was a police chief. I'm an interior designer and a real estate broker. I was an opera singing, headbanging, heavy metal singer, womanizing, <laughs> heretical, agnostic atheist, all around amazing person. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> what are we covering today? Jesus' real presence in adoration. Have you ever hated God? What does modesty mean to you? Talking about peace, friendships, the Beatitudes from Matthew chapter 5. Obedience. Confessing your sins. With a rubrics, also doesn't say when you come up to receive communion, you do a tap dance either. It doesn't say that either. <laughs> you know? But we don't do a tap dance. Right. <laughs> I mean, what the Seneca Vatican Council said in Sacrosanum Concilium, paragraph 22, subsection 3. He would. No one, he would. Yeah, no one, not <laughs> even good. the priest, may add, remove, or change anything in the liturgy on their own authority. Mm -hmm. Amen. I love saying this out loud. My my guardian angel is exhausted. <laughs> he is exhausted. He is like laying on the tarmac going, oh God, please somebody make her sit down just a little while because I'm tired. When, when people come to me, for example, for marriage preparation, they come thinking, we're getting married. <laughs> I'm thinking they're still discerning. Let's see if you're right. getting married. You know, because they may have a date and the cake yeah, order, yeah. but but we're here to discern. Is this person that's sitting next to you the person that God has placed in your life to help you get to heaven? God was painfully explicit about making sure we knew it was him and he was asking us to do it. And we, over and over again, throughout the process, we were like, okay, God, but if this is really your will, do this. Do, do this very obscure, specific thing. And guess what? He would do exactly that. And that happened over and over again with this, with this wow. discernment. So explicit. Ultimately, we didn't do it. Yeah. You know, because it's, you learn that life is not all about you. Because we live in a culture that's so self-centered, that's so turned in on itself. Mm -hmm. The the culture that worships the Trinity, <laughs> me, myself, and I. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what the culture worships. And so Jesus is turning that on his head. No, you know, it's not all about you. It's about the gift that you can be to others. Are you away from your faith? Do you wonder why you're Catholic? Do you really want to know more? If God is so good and he made a beautiful and amazing world, then why does life feel so messy and difficult and painful sometimes? Do you feel stuck and want to take your faith to that next level? Join us on The Prodigal Life as me and Ellen and Nick have an honest and open discussion about all things important in our faith life. Welcome, Welcome to, to The, the Prodigal, Prodigal Life. life. So, yeah, that is the show. Um, I'm super excited about the show. It's gotten a great reception already. Uh, I think we were looking at it last night, and, and in the one week that that first episode has been out, uh, it already has like 11.3 thousand views on the video just on Facebook, um, let alone any streams of the audio version. Uh, so people are really, really digging the show. To learn more about it, just visit theprodigallife.com. Uh, I'll put that on the screen here. So prodigallife.com uh, and you can learn more about the show and you can even become a patron um, and get all kinds of cool perks. And uh, some of those levels even include free pilgrimage, free books by Deacon Harold, all kinds of goodies. I think one or two of them even include like a song from yours truly that I would uh, record dedicated to you. So um, yeah. And then the, the very last thing I want to talk to you guys about is uh, our Kickstart the Mission campaign. just want to give you an update about where we're at because, gosh, so much good stuff has been happening here um, at Awaken Catholic. And 2022 is shaped to be a ridiculously cool year, guys. Uh, you know, I, was, I was telling Kevin yesterday, uh, Kevin Jory, 2022 is going to be the year of Awaken Catholic. Like, there's going to be so much... Awesome, awesome stuff happening. Uh, so just want to give you a little update about where things are at with our campaign. 
And it's the end of the year, guys. If you're looking for somewhere to uh, make a tax-deductible donation uh, for your 2021 taxes and you want to support good work that's being done, um, then I want to invite you to consider uh, joining us in this mission of the Kickstart the Mission campaign uh, for Awakened Catholics. So here's where we're at. We're at $57,110. Uh, of, of the $100,000 that we are trying to raise to fully fund our ministry. Um, and a lot of great stuff is going on here, guys. Uh, there's so much in store for 2022. I can't even begin to tell you um, because I'm not allowed to until until this stuff is more public. Uh, but yeah, just I'm, I'm so ecstatic about where things are at. Like even the fact that we've raised $57,000 this is so exciting. And, and to see uh, that people believe in what we're trying to do here um, and to see the impact of what we're trying to do here is so, so uh, encouraging, affirming. And, you know, we just want to rock the house. We want to we bring hearts and minds uh, to Christ and the church through the work that we're doing here. If you don't know about what our mission is, our mission is to reach people who are unreached. We want to reach people on the fringes um, and bring them into truth and healing and the power found in the Catholic Church um, and in Jesus Christ. So uh, here's what I want to end with. Um, Please consider joining our our campaign. Um, Even if you can only give a little bit or if you can give a lot of it, it can make a huge difference for us. We are a startup, we're a nonprofit, and we're working on a shoestring budget and we're doing wild things uh, for the kingdom. And doing as much as we're doing on such a shoestring budget is absolutely bonkers to me, but that's how good our God is. Um, And so please, please, please help us uh, go to that next phase of our ministry going into 2022 as strong as possible. Um, So I want to end with this testimonial uh, that is here on the Kickstarter page because it really is, uh, it it makes me emotional because it, it, it speaks so loudly to our mission and the fact that we're doing it and we're succeeding in this mission. Um, so here we go. I wanted to share with you um, a testimonial and I'm going to keep this anonymous um, that we received. We, we get messages almost weekly of people that have been impacted um, by the media or the events of awakened Catholic and uh, this is one that I was getting like choked up um, reading this because this really gets at the heart of everything that we're doing, like the reason that we're doing what we're doing. So I'm just going to I'm gonna read this here. I just wanted to say I've really been enjoying your videos lately. You guys are awesome. Truly, I've had the worst year of my life due to a lot of health issues, severe breathing issues, job-related issues, out of my control, etc., I have to say the past couple of years since you've been making videos, um, and by that she means Alina and I before Awakened Catholic launched, specifically in recent months, and that's the Awakened part, it has really reignited my faith again. You do it in a fun, engaging way. I love watching, and I think what you are doing is brilliant. Growing up, I was dragged to church every Sunday. Even though I always had morals, I still hated it. I resented my mother for controlling my life in every way. So when I thought of church, I thought of even more control by her specifically. A lot of dark memories for me in my past and childhood due to fear and being controlled. Years later, I went to church a few times on my own without telling anyone, just for myself, and I didn't want her knowing. Weird, right? Now I want to start going more, but still scared to due to the virus and my issues Um, and my health issues, so been watching online still. Now I see it as openness and on my own terms, starting fresh, especially with starting my own family and getting married next year. Thanks for making everything accessible without fear, judgment, etc. Even for people who haven't gone to church recently or ones who are yearning for change, community, and knowledge. Mm, Love it. Yeah, I mean, this is this testimonial here is like to the T precisely yeah. why we're doing what we're doing.
So that is, that makes me very, um, I'm so moved by that because that's why we started this. That's why we're doing what we're doing. And if you want to support us in this work, then please consider uh, an end of the year contribution to the Kickstart the Mission campaign at Awaken Catholic. Um, help us uh, reach our goal. Uh, you can make a huge, huge difference in the work that we're doing. Um, and honestly, guys, the best is yet to come. And we've only come this far because of your support. Um, every dollar that we receive as a part of this campaign or our donations in general, every dollar of it goes towards uh, pushing this mission forward and bringing hearts and minds closer to Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church. Um, so thank you so much for all of you who have gotten us this far um, and uh, for believing in us and praying for us literally every single day. Uh, we pray for you. We pray for everyone who watches or listens to our content. We pray for everyone who is a part of our uh, patron family, our Awakened Nation, um, the patrons of each of the shows. And it's all, it's all for the kingdom. And I'm, I'm humbled to get to be a part of it. Um, so yeah, visit kickstart.awakencatholic.org or just visit awakencatholic.org and the link is right there um, to learn more about how you can join us in this mission. Guys, thank you so much for uh, joining me for this special edition of the Awaken Catholic Show. Uh, and I'm sorry that the production value might have been a little lower since I didn't have the team and I wasn't in the studio. I'm here in my office. Um, but hopefully this was enjoyable for you. It has been great fun to me. Um, and I'm so excited for our two-part series that'll be coming in January uh, on the pilgrimage that we just had in the Holy Land. And that two-part series will feature Father Eric Schild and a few of the, the pilgrims uh, that were on the pilgrimage with me. Uh, and so, yeah, just the beginning for Awakened Catholic, guys. Um, so really appreciate you, really love you, honestly. Um, like I said, praying for you every single day. And before I go, I just need you to know that Jesus loves you. Peace.